Hey yo, Cali Green Monster Show. Sports. Guess who's back? Stuff. It's me, bitches. Yeah. Let's get it, Nate Diaz. Welcome into another episode of A Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is a feel-good Monday, August 16th, 2021, and this is the first show of a little over a month hiatus. You know, had a nice little busy month, so I decided to take my own little summer vacation, something you know, you normally don't get a chance to do unless you're in school. So took care of a few things, got surgery done on my sinus. That went well. And currently preparing for a baby. You know, due date was yesterday, but apparently my son Diego has not gotten the memo yet because he's perfectly comfortable in his mama's stomach. So, you know, I'm just kicking back waiting and I figure what's the perfect thing to do while waiting for your baby to arrive into this world. Well, maybe it's time to kickstart a Cali Green Monster show and start our fall season off on a good foot. You know, fall season, thats that means only one thing. We got football coming back. I think it's like, what, 27, 26 days away. I probably could have looked that up before the show start, but I know that I am pretty much in the ballpark. We're less than a month away, so this show is definitely going to be very football heavy. You know, for the past six, seven months, there's been a lot of UFC talk. There's been college basketball talk. There's been some European soccer talk. There was, Hell, there was even a time where this show was an NBA basketball show. I think the last time the show was recorded, we were still in the Eastern Conference Finals. So shit, you know, since the show's happened, we have have ourselves an NBA champion. You know, no, it wasn't the Phoenix Suns. It was Giannis Antetokounmpo who ended the series with a 50-point game against the Phoenix Suns at home against Milwaukee. But hey, we are not here to talk about basketball. We're here to talk about football. And more importantly, it's fantasy football. You know, I would say I'm a Patriots fan. I love watching the games. But let's be real, I live or die every weekend by the success of my fantasy team. So that's the whole point to this episode is I want to try to give you some tips, you know, some tips and tricks you know, for your upcoming NFL fantasy football draft. You know, this is the time of season when people are drafting. Some people have already drafted. You know, I have a 10-man half-point PPR keeper league that had its first ever draft. That was back in the first week of August. So, you know, I've already got my stack team. A few of us in my league have already started shit-talking. And let's be real, if you're not shit-talking, you're not playing fantasy football. So, you know, before I even start this list of tips and tricks, I would definitely say find yourself a good group of people where you can have some friendly shit talk and it'll make everything that much better so when you do kick their ass you know it'll be that much sweeter week one brennan i'm gonna fucking dominate you you know it dude darnell anderson miles gaskin those are your running backs like i know you got christian mccaffrey but you know hey let's be real your other running backs are trash your quarterback is trash your tight end is trash and joker don't get too fucking smug your team fucking stinks too Well, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. You know, 
number one, I feel like this is something that is kind of like a beginner mistake for people that play fantasy football. Because when you first go in, I think most people that watch football or people that casually watch football, the one people or the one position that most people are familiar with is the quarterback position. You know, if you ask my wife about, you know, if you can you name two football players it'll probably be Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and let's be real that's probably a majority of the people you know that's why on the cover of Madden 22 that comes out this week it's Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes on the cover even though both of those guys have been on the cover in the past like three or four years quarterbacks dominate the the discussion that's why in college football the Heisman Trophy candidate or is always the quarterback for the most part MVP is usually always the quarterback so people are always talking about quarterback and I think that that's one of the pitfalls in most fantasy football drafts is people think hey I need to get that big name quarterback and people end up drafting quarterbacks too early so I would say like my number one biggest tip going into a fantasy football draft is do not pick a QB early so for example you know Patrick Mahomes is the consensus number one quarterback in actual football. If there was, you know, starting a football franchise, Patrick Mahomes is the guy that you'd want under center. He can do anything, everything with the football. He's literally one of the best football players I've ever seen with my eyes. You know, I've seen, you know, I've seen tons of great football players. I've seen Peyton Manning, and I've watched Tom Brady's entire career. You've seen people like Aaron Rodgers. And even going back to the beginning of me watching football, I was, you know, I remember watching, you know, Brett Favre and John Elway winning his two Super Bowls to finish off his career. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I think he's better than all those dudes, and that's why he's always still in the GOAT conversation, even though he's only in his mid-20s and has one Super Bowl. But still, that doesn't mean you draft him early in your fantasy football. You know, he's right now, I think, getting drafted around the second round. You know, I think I looked, it was like around, he was averaging around the 14th overall position or guy that's being taken. And, you know, the thing is, is that with quarterbacks, sure, you want them because they can score a lot of points. But the thing is, is like you want someone in the position that scores a lot of points relative to everyone in the same position, you know, because there's a lot of quarterbacks in fantasy football that can put up a lot of points, but you want someone that can be above and beyond. So if you're drafting someone like Patrick Mahomes high in the second round or middle of the second round, you're expecting him to be putting up like something like close to 50 touchdowns, like what he did in 2018 to be able to justify that. And the thing is back in 2018, Patrick Mahomes is a steal. I think that year I had him, and I picked him up in the 11th or 12th round. You know, you look at Lamar Jackson in 2019. I think he's someone that went in the later rounds as well. You know, so there's always going to be people kind of, you know, for value. And I feel like for the most part, the number one quarterback off the board most of the time doesn't end up being the number one quarterback. You know, even last year, Patrick Mahomes, I think, was the cons- or, and Lamar Jackson were both the consensus, consensus number one and number two guys, depending on which ranking you looked at. And it was freaking Josh Allen, you know, who was going in like the seventh and eighth rounds that ended up number one. So I think when you go into these drafts, you do want to have in mind, you know, where's the value I can get at quarterback? Because if you look right now, like where Mahomes is going, you could be drafting 
a stud running back for your team. You're either a number one or a number two running back, you know, because people like Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, and Joe Mixon are going around where Patrick Mahomes is going. And if you don't want to go running back, you could be picking up a wide receiver, you know, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, these are the type of dudes that you could be getting instead of Patrick Mahomes. And I any day of the week I'd want one of those guys in my lineup versus, you know, Patrick Mahomes that could, you know, theoretically be outscored by someone like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or something like that, like later on that you could be picking up either in waiver wires or later on. I mean, obviously I expect Mahomes to be, you know, to finish ahead of someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but that doesn't mean you can't play the streaming game. So like, let's be real. I'm not going to touch someone like a Patrick Mahomes or one of the top quarterbacks unless they fall to me in the draft. And like what I'm defining by falling is I'm saying like they fall a couple rounds compared to their average draft position. So for example, in the my draft that I had a couple weeks ago, I was able to pick up Kyler Murray at the end of the fifth round. And Kyler Murray is someone that, in my opinion, I think could be is going to be the number one scoring quarterback in fantasy football. <clears throat> so when you consider that, in my opinion, I have him number one in my rankings, and the guy that's going number one in the fantasy football community rankings is going in the middle second round. I would consider getting the number one quarterback in the late fifth round. That would be getting value, you know. But, you know, unless something like that happens, I wouldn't be considered reaching for a quarterback, at least until you've got, you know, your running back and wide receiver situation set up and at least getting a couple people on your bench and flex positions before you even think about getting a quarterback. Because look at the couple of these quarterbacks that you could be getting late in your draft or possibly even be picking up on the waiver wire after your draft. You know, you got Joe Burrow, who's the 13th ranked quarterback, and he's going around 84th overall. You got Kirk Cousins, who's the 18th ranked quarterback going 144 overall you got Justin Fields who looked really good in the preseason right now he's going pretty late like 19th or he's like the 19th quarterback getting drafted or so most of the most most likely Fields is on your waiver wire and going 137th overall and then Ryan Fitzpatrick who I just mentioned he's about the 23rd quarterback who's going 173rd overall now while all these dudes like maybe Joe Burrow someone I would consider maybe being my QB one most of these dudes are streaming options you know Kirk Cousins isn't someone I would want being the quarterback of my franchise there's no way I'd be pumped if New England traded for Kirk Cousins but you know he it's undeniable that he can you know produce you know productive fantasy football weeks he's got Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson you know they've got a dominant run game with Dalvin Cook you know so these are dudes that you can get value on and so in my opinion unless you can get a, a, one of these top quarterbacks that really kind of drops and falls you know like Kyler Murray in the fifth or let's say everyone in your league just wants to stay away from Patrick Mahomes and he falls to like the fourth or fifth round you know that's okay but for the most most part try to keep your eye on those later round quarterbacks because I feel like that's going to set you up for success and we'll line you up with some of those you know you'll be able to fill out those premium positions like running back and wide receiver you know and that leads me into my second tip especially for this year where I feel like it's really important is stacking running backs in those first two to three rounds so a lot of people question like, oh, should I go wide receiver with my first pick or second pick? You know, should I try to split it up, go running back or wide receiver? You know, should I get <clears throat> Travis Kelsey, you know, with my first pick? So that's kind of, I feel like the only exception to kind of like this number two, you know, rule I'm going by is because the thing is, is running backs 
is one of the is probably the premier position in fantasy football. They end up being usually the highest scores. They end up being the weak, you know, weak winners. And the thing is, is that you're looking for, you know, not just the number one running back, but you're looking for someone who ideally isn't splitting his touches in the backfield. Ideally, someone, yeah, who's basically, you know, the definition of a bell cow back, who's you know getting all the touches, doesn't split his time. Ideally, someone that also has receiving abilities especially if you're in a half point or a full point ppr league and the thing is that after the third round it really starts becoming you know you start to get unreliability at running back and when i'm talking about reliability is of course there's always people that bust in the first round but you know i'm talking about like you know of course dalvin cook alvin kamara you know, Zeke might not have had a good year last year, but it's guys that have a track record of year after year that have proven to have pretty, you know, solid fantasy football, you know, have proven to be RB1s. You know, Aaron Jones, he was someone for the past two years I kind of wasn't high on, but he's definitely proven through his body of work that he's an RB1. You know, he's someone consistent that I feel confident with. You know, even people that I mentioned, you know, that I would pick over Patrick Mahomes, like Antonio Gibson, who had a really great rookie year last year, and I feel like projects to have a really good sophomore season. You know, these are people that I feel like are very reliable. But then once you get outside of that second round, going into the third and into the fourth round, you start to get running backs that, you know, I feel like have a lot of question marks. And I feel like don't give me the best confidence as if I'm slotting them in as my RB1 or RB2, which they end up being if you go with like wide receivers in the first couple rounds, or if you go with like a wide receiver and a quarterback or wide receiver and a tight end. So, you know, because I feel like wide receivers, there's, you know, so because when you think about it, during any play, there's 11, there's 11 guys on the field, you have one quarterback, you got one running back, and you'll have at any time, you know, two to three wide receivers. Some people, teams play a four wide receiver set. Shit, sometimes even maybe five at wide out. So there's a lot more options across these 32 teams of wide receivers. So there's multiple wide receivers sometimes for multiple teams that you could slot in your lineup. Meanwhile, there are some teams that don't even have a running back that you can trust in your lineup. So that's why you want to make sure that you're taking running backs before wide receivers or at least trying to get your running back situation taken care of. So like, Look at some of these running backs that kind of like are being taken after the second round, you know, kind of going into that third, fourth, fifth round. And I'll kind of give you like the wide receiver that I would kind of consider taking over these dudes. So, you know, for me, ideally, I'm taking, for example, in my first draft that I had this this year. I took Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones. It was Aaron Jones in the first round and Austin Eckler second. So my running back situation was set, and I was pretty pumped because, you know, wide receivers, the options look really good in the third, fourth, fifth rounds. So look at some of the running backs and the people that you can draft over them instead. You know, so you got, you know, J.K. Dobbins, who's going around 31 overall, you know, Dobbins is placed for the Baltimore Ravens where Lamar Jackson is basically the primary ball carrier. Lamar Jackson is going to eat up some of the goal line 
running scores. So I don't know if I feel particularly confident with Dobbins. And, you know, last year was his rookie year. And while he finished the season good, there was a big chunk of the season that if you had drafted him early, I highly doubt that you threw him in your lineup. He wasn't usable. And there was a good chance that you put him on the waiver wire at some point throughout the league. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not particularly confident with Dobbins. You know, you could either draft Dobbins or, you know, someone like Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. You know, I think he's someone that would be a solid RB1 or RB2 on your team. So I would definitely want to take McLaurin over J.K. Dobbins. You know, you got Chris Carson, who's like the 35th overall player that's getting drafted. You know, Chris Carson, who's always hurt. I feel like he's hurt every single year. You know, you could you could end up drafting someone like C.D. Lamb instead. You know, C.D. Lamb, who was the explosive wide receiver rookie from the Cowboys last year. And with Dak Prescott coming back, you know, I mean, that dude... You know, if, if their offense resembles anything that they were last year, I feel like Dak Prescott could throw for 5,000 yards. And with a guy like CeeDee Lamb, just with how explosive he is and how good he is, you know, I think he can easily get 1,500 yards and 10-plus touchdowns. You know, so CeeDee Lamb is someone I'd rather have over Chris Carson. You know, you got Miles Sanders, who's going around the 37th overall player. You know, he's on the Eagles, who right now I feel like the Eagles are one of those franchises where, like, maybe – Houston is one of the only other franchises that are kind of a bigger mess. You know, everyone in Philadelphia, I feel like, seems to get hurt all the time. And Miles Sanders has been someone, you know, he came in with a lot of draft hype last year and definitely busted. So you were definitely not happy if you had him. He's been kind of an inconsistent guy with, you know, occasionally big weeks. But, you know, I'd rather draft Mike Evans. You know, one of the most consistent wide receivers in the NFL. I think of the seven years he's been in the NFL, he's topped a thousand yards, six of them. So, you know, for some reason, you know, Mike Evans is one of those dudes in my head. And I think a lot of people kind of underrate, but he's he's the definition of consistency. So, yeah, I'd rather have Mike Evans and Miles Sanders. You look at Josh Jacobs, who's going around 36 overall, so around the same time as Miles Sanders. And so you could get Mike Evans or Robert Woods, you know, because Josh Evan or Josh Jacobs, you know, he's in a committee with, with Kenyon Drake. You know, that was kind of surprising in the offseason, the Raiders signing Kenyon Drake. So, you know, Josh Jacobs, he's now in a committee. So last year he had a lot of hype when it looked like he was the only running back you know, for the Raiders, he, a couple years ago, he was drafted in the first round. So a lot of people expected that Jacobs was obviously going to be a fantasy football stud. So I think a little bit of that shine's been taking off Josh Jacobs. So I think if you can get him, you know, in the fourth round, maybe, but you know, when he's going around the same position as Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Cooper cup, you know, I think it definitely, you know, for me personally, I, I would hope to have my running back situation already kind of figured out before the option of drafting Josh Jacobs as anything more than a flex option is being kind of like, you know, trying to decided. You got Miles Gaskin, who's going around 46 overall. You know, I think with the, the Dolphins, there's just question marks of how that offense is going to look they brought in Malcolm Brown in the first preseason game I think Malcolm Brown was the one that was playing with the starters while he wasn't really efficient with the ball I think he like rushed for less than a yard per carry you know I think that there's still not 100% confidence in Miles Gaskin and if you're going to be drafting him as anything more than a flex option I wouldn't feel that very confident with them you got Kareem Hunt, where while he's obviously good, you know, you look back at his years at the Chiefs, where he was a definitely RB1. He's technically the RB2 on his own team. He's behind Nick Chubb. And while they've shown that Chubb and Hunt can both be productive and can both be someone that you can slot in your lineup, 
ideally I'm not trying to draft someone where he's not even the RB1 on the team. So Kareem Hunt, he's another guy that I'm not really drafting as anything more than a flex option right now until you can prove that he's a consistent, you know, RB2 producer, you know, because I feel like someone like Brandon Ayuk, who's the number one for San Francisco, I think a lot of people are projecting him to have a breakout season. He was productive last year, and you never know. Uh, you could be one of those, uh, you know, kind of league, league-winning dudes. You got Darnell Anderson. That's not really his name. Daryl Henderson, running back for the L.A. Rams. I'll repeat, it's Daryl Henderson. That's his actual name. He's going 63 overall. The only thing with him is that, you know, this was Cam Akers' job like a month ago before Cam Akers ruptured his Achilles. So while Daryl Anderson, it's his gig, there, you know, you got Matt Stafford in, and it's it's definitely projecting to be a high-powered offense for a team that's projected to, you know, contend for an NFC championship and to go play for the Super Bowl. You know, I think that, you know, Henderson has been also been someone that the fantasy football community has been hyping as a potential breakout for, you know, year a few years now. And we haven't really seen it. You know, while I've seen while there's been weeks with Malcolm Brown doing good and, you know, when in the with the Rams in the past, I feel like Daryl Henderson just really hasn't kind of lived up to the hype. You know, will this be the year where he does? I'm not really too confident with it. So if you're someone that has, you know, let's say like Miles Gaskin or Daryl Henderson on your team, I wouldn't be feeling the most confident in that situation. But you never know. Maybe you hit gold on that. You know, you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars running back situation with James Robinson, someone who was a darling last year that, you know, he was a waiver wire pickup and ended up being a running back one on the year. Him or Travis Etienne, you don't really know what that situation is going to look like. You know, I, I like Etienne just because, you know, when he was drafted and a lot of the talk is they're going to be using him as a pass catcher. And I mean, if you can get an RB that's doing a lot of pass catching work, especially in a PPR league or a half point PPR league, that's super valuable. But James Robinson, I really don't even know how you can value him this year because I think it's a huge question mark of what his usage is going to look like and what the Jacksonville Jaguar offense is going to look like. And then Kenyon, or and then you got Chase Edmonds also in the Kenyon Drake. I talked about Kenyon Drake earlier, but you know Chase Edmonds with the Cardinals, he's kind of you know getting drafted kind of high-ish. And the Cardinals brought in James Conner, you know the, the Steelers running back from last year. So that's another potential committee situation. We don't really know how that's going to look. At least with the upside, is the Cardinals offense should be, you know, pretty proficient i feel like they should be scoring a lot and with that there should be a lot of opportunities for the running game we just don't know how many of those opportunities are going to go to Edmonds, and especially with kyler murray who likes to use his feet and he could be running in some scores as well so you know these are all people to you know running backs that you know i think the overall message is that there's a lot of question marks in the running back situation once you get past you know the consistent guys that you're drafting in those first two rounds so i'm just saying i like to get my running back situation sorted out and the only time i'm taking someone over running backs in the first two rounds is maybe if you know i'm i'm drafting at the turn so early in the second round and travis kelsey's still there i might take him because you know it's worth having the number one tight end you know on the number one offense so unless something like that happens or, you know, if I'm like in the middle of the second round and like Devontae Adams falls, I'm trying to go RBs in the first two rounds. And if I don't go RBs in the first two rounds, I'm definitely making sure that by the end of the third round, I'm walking away with a running back. 
You know, and speaking of tight ends, it kind of leads us into my third tip is don't carry more than one tight end, defense, or a kicker. That's just wasting a roster spot. You know, I feel like unless, like, if you have a top five tight end, you know, someone like a Kelsey, a Kittle, you know, Darren Waller, those are guys that you're going to be playing every single week. So there's no need to keep a backup being like, oh, and Kate, like, would I rather play like Dallas Goddard? Would I rather play this guy? Like, you'll never be playing another tight end over one of those top guys. So if you have one of those top tight ends, it's super unnecessary to have another tight end. So for sure, make sure you don't have another one. And also, on if you don't have one of those top tight ends, for the most part, the tight end position just becomes a streaming option. So to be able to like you know have a tight end in your lineup and then to have another tight end in your on your bench if that tight end was not good enough to stick in your lineup chances are he's just as good as as the tight ends on the waiver wire so it really honestly is just clogging up your bench for P, you know for players that like for positions that you would actually want to have depth in like running back or wide receiver defense it's the same situation where you know i feel like honestly drafting defenses anything before the last round is ridiculous you know because every year i feel like there's always a defense or two that's hyped at being really good and then they, they end up winding up being like not even a top 10 fantasy defense you know defenses are definitely one of those things where i feel like you can stream I feel like I never wind up with a defense I drafted probably past week six or seven. So it's not important. So if it's not even important kind of who you're drafting, it's definitely not important to keep two of them. And then kickers, honestly, if I, I prefer to be in leagues without kickers, you know, you got a lot of times where you can have kickers being one of the highest scorers of the week. You know, if it just becomes a field goal battle and you got a kicker who puts up over 20 points, you know, I, I think that that's kind of whack. And I'd prefer to not have a league with, you know, kickers in it. But if you're going to, you know, that's just another position where, let's be real, streaming is the way to go. Or, you know, if you have a kicker who's not good enough to be in your lineup, then it, he's just as useful. It, he's just as useless, you know, being on your bench as he would on the waiver wire. So I definitely think that's a big one. One tight end, one defense, and one kicker. And honestly, even one quarterback is another one, you know, because let's be real. If you have one of the top quarterbacks, let's say you have Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, something like that, you're probably playing that quarterback over every single quarterback there's probably never an instance besides the bye week that you'd be playing a quarterback over them and let's be real during a bye week you could just stream someone off the waiver wire you know like someone like a Fitzpatrick or you know Kirk Cousins or something like that so you know quarterback is also someone that I can slot in there is you only need one of them you know me personally I sometimes I will like to keep a second quarterback just because you never know like it's like in my keeper league, I have Kyler Murray as my starting quarterback, and then I picked up Justin Fields, and that was more of just I wanted to pick up Justin Fields because I don't want anyone else to pick him up. You know, we have two IR spots, you know, so I threw Michael Thomas on the IR spot, and then now I have Justin Fields, and I know that for a fact, especially after this weekend where Justin Fields looked like the stud in his preseason game, 
I know that there was someone probably looking for him and he's on my bench. So, you know, there might be someone who sees him as a potential keeper, you know, for moving forward or projecting that he'll be a QB one and I could potentially use it as a trade piece. Probably not, but you know, that's the only reason I'm keeping two QBs at the moment. When I drafted, I only drafted one QB. So honestly, I can amend that and say, do not carry more than one tight end, one defense, or one kicker. And then don't carry more than one QB unless you want to be petty and keep them away from the rest of the league like I'm doing currently. All right, the fourth tip I would say is avoiding multiple guys from the same team in your starting lineup. And I'm saying specifically having like multiple wide receivers or wide receiver running back combo in your starting lineup. I, you know, because I feel like you want guys that are in your lineup that they're the big point producer for their team that week, every week. So if you have something like, for example, the Steelers wide receiver situation, and you have Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster, I would definitely avoid starting, you know, more than one of those guys. I feel like you're, you know, it's kind of like, Personally, I don't even like to have that situation because I feel like you're trying to guess which one of those guys is going to go off. But for the most part, it's going to be one of those guys is going to go off. You know, it's not going to be everyone. You know, the Buccaneers wide receiver, I feel like it's either going to be a Chris Godwin week or a Mike Evans week. You know, you could probably throw in Antonio Brown there in the flex spot and you kind of get some production there. But I would never put in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You know, you kind of got to, you know, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I feel like, you know, they're both really productive and I feel like they can both be kind of slotted in, but you know, I try to avoid drafting both of those guys because let's, I don't know. I just like to avoid having, you know, I guess wide receivers, running backs or tight ends from the same team in my lineup. You want to maximize, you know, those potential week winning, you know, players. I feel like having people on the same team in your lineup kind of minimizes that with the exception being stacking like a quarterback and a wide receiver, you know, people that do Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I feel like that's like a pretty good stack. You know, if you had Mahomes and Kelsey or Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, I think that's a pretty good stack. You know, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf or any combination of elite quarterback and wide receiver tandem, I could see doing that. But I would definitely avoid doing the two wide receivers or a wide receiver running back or wide receiver tight end from the same team in your lineup definitely kind of I think puts a ceiling on what your potential output could be for that week all right my fifth tip you know I got six total so we're almost done this ended up being a little longer but you know it's my first podcast in over a week gonna be a little long-winded got a lot of shit to say number five don't be afraid to play the waiver wire you know I feel like a lot of people sometimes are trying to save especially if you have the fab dollars you know for a free agent auction a lot of people want to save their money for later in the season being like oh dude there might be someone later on that i want to use but let's be real sometimes the best free agents are taken in that week one you know last year he had people like justin jefferson and james robinson getting picked up on the waiver wire and those guys ended up being you know people that you're sticking in your starting lineup every single week 
every single year I feel like there's someone like that. You know, a few years ago, George Kittle was a tight end that people were able to pick up off the waiver wire in the first week, and he ended up being a stud, and he's still, like, you know, one of the top three premium tight ends you can have in fantasy football. So definitely pay attention, and don't be afraid to take your shot. You know, there are a lot of league-winning dudes that you can pick up. Or not a lot, but there's oh, every year there's always one or two league-winning dudes on the waiver wire. So, you know, pay attention to those week one games. Try to see who looks good, see who looks explosive, see how kind of game scripts look. And, you know, yeah, don't be afraid to take your shot on someone that you think will be a late-round sleeper. And then my last tip, this is just kind of one of those, you know, I think it's more of a gut feeling, is don't change your lineup the day of, you know, Sunday unless there's an injury or something. You know, because let's be real, you're probably mulling over who you're going to start all week long. And, you know, by Saturday night, you have an idea of who you want to put in. And I feel like by Sunday morning, the only lineup changes are going to be from you just second-guessing all that decision, all the decision making you've been doing all week you know and I feel like let's be real I don't know about you guys I feel like anytime I go against my gut and just for the reason of uh I just yeah I'm gonna go against this it's it it goes I don't know I feel like it always works out the, the the opposite I feel like there's nothing worse than Sunday evening being like oh my god I had this guy in my lineup why 15 minutes before kickoff did I put him on my bench you know I feel like that's harder to live with than the not making the decision at the last second so in my opinion stick with your gut feeling don't make those last minute decisions unless you know there's some injury news that comes in or some late breaking news that really suggests making that that change but you know trust your gut you know, fantasy football, I feel like it's like 30% preparation, 70% luck, you know, but, you know, I think your gut will always steer you in the right way. Just like it steered you in the right way with listening to the show. I think it's going to, you know, if you listen to this whole episode, you know, give yourself a pat on the back. I really appreciate it. You know, I appreciate everyone that takes the time to download and listen to this podcast. And I mean, hey, I feel like it did you guys a favor. If you still haven't drafted yet, you know, use the tips from my podcast. It'll help you dominate your league. And if you already did (laughs) draft your team, you know, how did my tips line up with your strategy you know let me know you could check it out on cali green monster show facebook page you could find me on twitter but until next time i've been your host dean ryan this has been a cali green monster show have a great one guys peace